fuck, how good is that for a theme song? Look, I know we said Chips was really awesome and is, and I do agree it's still the best, but Miami Vice, man, it's running a very close second. The thing with Miami Vice is, honestly, how good does a dinner jacket look with blue jeans and three-day growth? Seriously, forget about it. I'm done. Don Johnson, you're the man. I'm done. That's exactly right. It's funny that fashion like that got so huge. I mean, people were doing Miami Vice theme. You basically, like you say, you got a t-shirt, you got a fucking dinner jacket on with it. Do you remember there was actually a company that made razors that were must have been a shit razor, but they used to release a Miami Vice razor. So I, I would imagine the cutting blades aren't as low down, so you could actually use this electric shaver and it would you could keep a constant three-day growth. Do you remember that? It was actually no. a properly marketed thing. Was so it I thought a, it was pretty cool. Was it a three-legged goat or a three-day growth? <laughs> <laughs> a bit of cheap wine, I think. But it is funny with fashion, like how through the decades things change. I don't know if we'll ever see Miami Vice fashion come back. I kind of hope we do, but like in the 70s, my old man, I can remember this clearly. I have to dig up some photos. I know they'll have them in the photo albums. He used to wear this maroon-coloured leather jacket, right? And it was kind of not like maroon of the Queensland maroon it was like that but a bit lighter almost almost like a metallic maroon and um it had this big huge kind of fake oh, what do you call it like a big buckle across the back of it <laughs> across the jacket like a big I mean it was no purpose it just had this massive buckle across the back of this leather jacket and I remember him in the 70s wearing that everywhere we laugh about it still to this day saying like fuck how could that ever be in fashion you know but he loved that jacket and i remember probably about it was probably actually about 1987 my mum finally just said listen you've got to get rid of this thing just give it away like to the salvos or something like that <laughs> funny story actually i'm going to quickly jam this in here we were driving home from a dinner one night and my old man had given it away to like donated it a few months earlier and you know west end in brisbane near where south bank is we're driving on one of the roads there and, and close to there is actually like a um it's one of those hostels for like you know uh people with alcohol problems or homeless and all the rest of it and yep we were driving you there and when my old man had a magna wagon company car probably was like a tp or something like that by that stage <laughs> next minute we're just driving along we've been out for dinner for my sister's 17th birthday so i was like 14 driving along next minute my man locks the fucking brakes up like we are fully locked up we just about put all four of us through the windscreen right and we look up and in the headlights is this guy who's this drunk guy stumbled onto the road and my mum just says in the sign she goes he's wearing your jacket and no bullshit no word of a lie this fucking like drunk darrow kind of guy he must have got this jacket through the salvos or whoever my parents donated the jacket to and this guy's wearing fucking dad's jacket <laughs> Who we nearly ran over, like six <laughs> months later. What's the fucking chances? Seriously, when you describe that colour of that jacket and your old man wearing it, there is not one chance in the world that you're adopted. <laughs> <laughs> what? Because it sounds like it looks like a paddle bean interior. I know, you should be driving that with this. Everyone going, yeah, I've got the jacket, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Funny times, funny times, but... Yeah, anyway. You know that Miami Vice theme song? That was actually released as a single too. Do you remember that? It was by, uh, uh, it was like a, like a techno guy. It was um, Jan Hammer. No, but do you, do you remember not, that? not at it all. Went to, it went to number one in the States and it was probably what? number four or three in Australia. It was actually released later on as a full single. But actually, I did get corrected many years ago by someone I worked with. It wasn't Jan Hammer. It was Jan Hammer. Exactly. So exactly, but we're fucking Australian, so it's Jan Hammer, not Happy Jan Hammer. It's Jan, all right. I don't care if you're a bloke. It's still Jan. No, great song. Um, unfortunately, it's not the greatest fashion, but yeah, we'll let you run with that. Bit of pastel, bit of pastel. Never hurts anyone. Just ask all the people doing white walls and Venetians. I'm hearing you. Hey, on that note, we should probably get the intro done, eh? I'll whack the show on. Go. Simo and Redman are the Thong Slappers. They're two blokes making lots of noise but getting nowhere fast. Hey Red, welcome to episode 50 of the Thong Slappers podcast. It's like Hawaii 5 Can you believe it? 50 episodes? Yeah, well welcome back to Australia's first Nanny dedicated streetcar podcast. 50 episodes, yeah. it's Wow, haven't they banned us yet? What the They've got no fucking taste. If they haven't banned us, they've got no taste, clearly. Isn't it crazy that when you count that that's 50 episodes of the regular podcast, 
plus nearly 50 episodes of the uh, like, sort of 60s and now the Moot Rocket series. That's nearly 100 episodes of goodness for people to listen to, isn't it? Especially when it's been based around, like, masturbation. Come <laughs> <laughs> <Dumb> shots. <laughs> How are you going today, anyway, mate? You feeling uh, all right? No, I've got a bit of a... Uh, Man, I had some curry. Uh, me and my nephew, Callum, we went and got a curry. We played in all cricket, so I played in all cricket with him the other night. We went and got a curry, and we'd had a few to drink, to be quite honest. So we said to the guy, I want it as hot as you can make it. Man, I just oh. I just had some then. Seriously, it's as hot as Jennifer Hawkins' sister. Seriously, man, I'm oh. sweating like a motherfucker, <laughs> eh? <laughs> And here I was thinking I felt bad. Actually, I feel really good. I've just got fucking bags under my eyes like a set of Tosca luggage, but I don't have anything going on with curry or poo or anything like that, so I'm, I'm probably feeling much better than you. You do have something going on with poo. You've got to tell the world the photo you sent to me. The world needs to know about it. Is that Was that the um, Eiffel Tower, or was that the one from the nightclub where obviously someone... <laughs> no, no, no. Whoa, which one? whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> How many poo photos you send me? The one of Sunny. Less than the ones of your cock. Fuck me. I do send a few cock photos. I can't help it. But the one of Sunny, what's wrong with that dog? Oh, okay. Right. The Sunny one was, I was just in the backyard, just, you know, just doing shit, tidying up or doing whatever. And Coco's done this big poo. And the reason I was like even taking any notice was literally, I reckon 30 seconds before she did that, I just walked around the backyard with a shovel in a bag and cleaned up all the poo, right? And I was like, oh, for fuck's sake. Christ, I've just cleaned it. And she's like, oh, hey, it's fresh lawn. She does this big nod and walks away, happy as Larry. Sonny comes up and he starts sniffing around as he does, you know, and he's like, oh, shit, hang on. No, 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 I'm top dog in this place. So he kind of perches over Coco's poo and does one himself on top of it. <laughs> and you it's thought, fucking terrible. And oh, you thought, sorry. fuck, Redmond needs a photo of that. <laughs> <laughs> well... I knew you'd appreciate it. And the thing was, too, like, normally you could walk around to single-handed shovel, like, all the poo in. I had to full double shovel. Like, I had to put the bag down and use two hands to actually use the shovel. It was that heavy. By the time, they freaking kept adding up on it. The funny thing is, you normally send me some really good photos of cars and some, you know, stuff that I'm interested in, whatever, you know, we're back and forth. <laughs> then I say, uh, my phone goes, clink, 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 whatever. Oh, a text from Simon, like the fire mate. Cool, no worries. Open up and it's the world's biggest dog shit, you monster. <laughs> I just knew you'd appreciate it. And thought, you can't tell me you don't. I you thought, can't you send away. that to Macca? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, you understand Sonny better than he does. So, yeah, that's all. That's all that happens. Hey, one thing is... What about 1987 Street Machine magazines, man? Seriously? Oh, fuck. I've got them out it's in front awesome of me, stuff. and they are so good, man. There's so much goodness in there. A couple of a couple of cars that I know are your favourites? Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, we did that whole episode on June 1987, which to me is probably that and the 86 episode with Rob Beecham's Toronto on the front would be two of my favourites, but there's another awesome favourite from 87 as well, which I think was, um, maybe it was March, April. Anyway, we'll talk about it. It's the one with blowing silly WB on the cover, but mate, 87 was just a fucking great year all round, I think in my life generally, but especially for cars, especially for street machines. You know, you think about back in 87, Uranus was still called Uranus, it wasn't Uranus <laughs> like it is now. Fuck me, it's a fucking planet. What does like, political correctness have to be correct on a planet? It's Uranus. Okay, we're not talking about someone's bum, it's a fucking planet. Yes, you are. <laughs> and back then... High school kids like us, we bought packets of smokes, bottles of Coke and chocolate. We weren't getting, you know, half skinny soy chai lattes and vegan bread and all this sort of shit I see high school kids at coffee shops doing now. Like, what's the go with that, mate? If, if you had asked me in 87 what an avocado was, I'll go, oh, I don't know, an Italian race car driver? <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> Avocado? <laughs> Sounds like fucking I don't know. <laughs> it's pretty scary, eh? It, it is. is pretty scary, it but absolutely yeah. Is. Hey, before we get into 87, can I just say a little bit of, uh, we got a really cool little bit of feedback from Southie61, a.k.a. Brendan. We did a bit of feedback from him last time, but he confirmed for me. He was saying, you know, that story I was saying about how I went into the, into the toilet on the plane. Funnily enough, we're talking about poo again. And he said, when you're blasting something away with your piss, it's actually called a piss chisel. I never realised wow. that. I never knew that. Did you know that? No, I do now, man. I'm using it. That, that is now part Fucking of my I. vernacular. Piss chisel. Yeah. The next thing I write, I'm going to write a piss chisel. The thing is, yeah. if the stream touches the poo, 
and the stream of your piss is touching your pecker. Is that an unbroken line of separation? Are you actually touching... Just throw it out there. Are you actually touching... The no, pit? no. Look, that's a very valid point, and it's something I was actually considering when I was even telling that story last time. I thought, oh, is that sound... Do I sound like a real psychopath or, you know, a bit, a bit sick of the head by doing regular that, but... poo shots? <laughs> but I figure it's, it's a one-way street. Like, it's just going outways. It's not like it's coming back to me. And it's not like, say, you're lighting a line of fire where it's creeping back up towards you or something, like up towards a jerry can. You know what I mean? Uh, it's all one way. It's not like the poo's coming back up the piss stream to you to touch, so... Actually, what I'm going to do, I'm going to throw it out there to the moots. Can you get back to us and see what you think? Did Simon's dick really touch poo? <laughs> Jeez, I hope not. Oh, fuck me, Dad. Now, now Tamey's going to be on the fucking... <laughs> yeah, because he's going to say, oh, are you guys still talking about the toilet? Look, I'm telling you, 100%, it's never touched poo in any way, shape or form, all right? Let's just get it out there. Okay, Tamey? Fucking bald headed. <laughs> no, you, you know he's going to have forty-five fucking messages now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's like piss and shit. That's my. N- <laughs> I can't say. N- it's something close to shit. Uh, actually, not the guy, but the story I'm about to tell you. Chris McKenzie, he's a good mate of mine from school. He sent me a message. Hey guys, something funny happened to me at the gym the other day, and I just knew you'd appreciate it. Now, look, Chris is like us, as he's nearing fifty. He's kind of on a bit of a health kick, like too many years of probably a few too many drinks, too much good food, and the odd durry and all the rest of it here and there. <laughs> so he's been going to the gym is, is, to is try to get a bit of weight. We call that being a fucking <laughs> do-gooder. Is he been in denial for too long? <laughs> Anyway, this is actually a great story. I'm just going to read it out. Because I knew you guys would appreciate this. I was at the gym the other day, sitting on the ground doing sit-ups, and a really young, tidy, sporty spice chick came up and started doing sit-ups next to me. In an effort to impress her, I started putting in plenty of effort to keep with her movements. Unfortunately, I put in too much effort, and bang, an uncontrollable fart escaped. <laughs> Sadly, it was me, not her. And no matter how much I rubbed my shoes together or tapped on the floor, I couldn't replicate the sound of that said fart to disguise my embarrassment. Oh well, at least I left an impression. It's fucking funny. Nothing like a high pressure fart when you least expect it. Oh, in front of a hot chick. I, I, yeah, I told you about the hot chick when I was getting my x-ray, didn't I? No. So I go to get an x-ray on my stomach. Uh, uh, I think it's MRI or whatever it is. So I go in there and man, this absolutely hot chick is working there. And she goes, oh, come in, Adam, whatever. And I'm like, wow, you're, 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 you're a bit of alright, whatever. So I go in there and had to take my shirt off, so I always hate doing that in front of a hot girl. So I take my shirt off and I lean forward, and my little fat guts rolls out onto the MRI machine. And she, <laughs> and, and she goes, oh, hold on, I've got to go get Christy, we need two people. I'm like, oh, whatever. Oh. And she goes back and she brings in another 10. So I'm there, no shirt off, my fat little guts on this thing. I'm 47 years old. I'm like, yeah, for fuck's sake, really? <laughs> Can you make this any more? Can you go and get another girl to make this more humiliating? <laughs> you should have got them to give your gut a mammogram. Oh. <laughs> just while you're at it. You know, hey, can you just pop it up on the machine there? Just make sure there's nothing going on in oh, there. It is a nice front boob, actually. But yeah, it's, um, <laughs> what do you do? When you, you, you get the middle-aged spread and you try and justify it. You're like, oh, no, it's just a middle-aged spread. And you get, you're just a Fat clap, clap. <laughs> and your body's changing shape as well. Anyway. <laughs> hey, uh, back to 87. That was the time when a jaffle maker actually fucking cooked your bread properly. It wasn't this non-stick shit, but oh. that's beside the point. I am and fucking so been looking forward to... Always. Yeah. <laughs> I've been so looking forward to talking about 987 cars. It's something we've actually had ready to go for... Jesus, nearly 20 episodes. Like, it's crazy. And, you know, I'm really keen to be doing it, mate. So, do you want to hit me up? Do you want to start just going through the whatever cars you've found from the months, like from the issues? Just kick it off, mate. Let's get cracking. My all-time favourite 87 car is in March 87. King Henry, they call it. It's got two names. They're called King Henry. And then, actually, let me have a look on the page. I think it's also called Shotgun Romance. Oh, is that the black uh, black XF? It's greenish black, yeah, with the 429. And I, I think in there they talk about how it's a, does he say it's an 80 grand car or a 60 grand car? Uh, no, sorry. To put the project completely in perspective, don't let it say that Dennis has spent $34,000 on the car. <laughs> wow. $34,000, man, on an XE. That's <laughs> back in 87. That you could you, you could have bought yourself a, a probably house in Bondi. <laughs> you know, it's really scary when you think about how, oh, pretty much how new. Like how new an XF was back then, too, really. Yeah, exactly. You know? And it's got, 
It's got a couple of things that I really love. It's got the uh, Mr. Gasket shifter. It's got the uh, Simmons wheels. It's got the yeah. It's got the big block. It's everything that I like in a car. Man. And seriously, if I could mark a time, a point in street machining history, this car is more important than it gets credit for. Because you and I speak about how, oh, you know, an AU Falcon or a, a VZ Commodore or whatever, it doesn't really mean much. It's mm. along them lines, man. But this car really means a lot to me, and I really love it. It's the only thing it needs is the green suit. Uh, it's it's green. The only thing it needs is a super roof stripe, man. If that had a super roof stripe, forget about it. I'm done. Oh, fuck, yeah. And look, we talked about in a previous episode about VF Commodores, and I'm saying, oh, wow, it's like such a new car to be in Street Machine. Like, this car being, uh, I think it was, an, like you said, it was an XC but had XF front. In 87, it was like towards the end of the XF series, wasn't it? So yeah. it was basically, for, for all intents and purposes, it was a near new car, wasn't it? The, the funny thing is, XF Falcon is where Ford really lost their way, man. They pulled out of racing, and you know what? They never put a fucking V8 in it. That's right. Yeah, we had to wait till the EB came a few yeah. years later to get the V8 back. Hey, have you got time for me to tell you just yes. a really quick, funny XF story? Absolutely. Okay, this is probably around 87, actually. My dad in our street was kind of like the car guy. You know, he was the one that people would come to if they needed, you know, a, a battery charged or a jump start. He was one always helping out the other dads, like they'd be out there on their deck chairs, on the street, changing head gasket on a car. or do You know what I mean? Like doing a clutch. All the dads would be out there having a tolly and having a chat and working on cars. He was kind of the go-to guy on our street. People would come to him if they had dramas, and everyone's neighbours knew the neighbours. I remember on this one Sunday afternoon, one of our neighbours comes down and he wasn't very mechanically minded, he was a nice guy. He comes in and he says to my dad, oh, hey John, mate, can you give us a hand? He goes, I'm, I'm, Falcon's got a flat tyre. He goes, I'm trying to get it changed, I need to take my daughter to something or other. And Anyway, my dad says, yeah, no worries. He goes, I just can't get the wheel nuts undone. My dad grabbed the breaker bar and he got like a, you know, a metre long bit of uh, fence pipe <laughs> just in case he had to really lean yep. on it to get these wheel nuts undone. Anyway, so we've gone up to this other bloke's place and I went up there because his daughter was really hot and I had the hot girl, <laughs> I was like 14. So I went up there for any excuse just to bump into her. We go to the garage, he's got the XF jacked up and he says, I just can't get the wheel nuts undone. He goes, the spanner keeps turning around. And my man's looked at the car and he's looked at me and he's looked at this other guy who's also, his name is John too. He just started bursting out laughing. He goes, John, you fucking idiot. He goes, you left the hubcap on. <laughs> what he's done. You know those XF Falcons, they've got those... They had those grey plastic hubcaps, all the holes in it, and they had the fake wheel nuts embossed oh, into the plastic. No. Right? <laughs> this guy, he's like rounded off the fucking fake plastic wheel nuts on the hubcap. And my old man's just laughing his ass off. And anyway, so he got the screwdriver, popped off the cap, undid the wheel nuts, changed the wheel, and it was all happy days. But I've never forgotten that. Whenever I see an XF or I see one of those hubcaps, Fuck, it makes me laugh. We still, like, always tell my dad about it. We still have a laugh about it, too. I hope you charged him a carton for that. Um, one thing about <laughs> your dad, Simon. <laughs> one thing about your dad, there was a great story in Street Machine about him. Yes, there was. Yeah, after his uh, ute was finished. Yeah, it was yeah. really cool. Yeah, it was a nice little uh, closure to doing that project and that whole process he went through. Yeah. I read that yeah. before I knew you, and I thought, that's really cool, man. This this guy's building a, a car for his dad, whatever. The, and he, your dad, uh, they quote your dad, and they were saying, I haven't had a V8 for years, but I love it. You know, when you turn the key, <laughs> there is a feeling when you turn that key on a V8 daily driver, it doesn't matter what it is. It, it can be a XB Falcon or it can be a, a fucking VZ Commodore. It doesn't matter. When you turn that key and the thing starts and you hear the rumble under your feet, you're like, yeah, bitches. <laughs> it's crazy, you know, that VG Dodge Ute, it only had a really mild 318 in it, but there was something about it, it was haunted. Like it just, it, it went really hard and it sounded really tough. It just, there was something about that car and that motor. It was lightweight too. And yeah, you could always hear him coming and he didn't mind giving it a bit of stick either, which is pretty cool. It's good when you see, you know, older blokes with grey hair giving their cars a bit of herbs, that's for sure. Nice thing to do for your dad, man. Very nice thing. No, cheers, mate. No, it was a really good project. It was, yeah, definitely worth the effort. So, and he loved that thing. It was even, made it even better. Hey, what else you got car-wise for 87, mate, for the issues? Well, have a look at SLR641. I know this is one of your favourite cars. What page and issue am I looking at, mate? Okay, you're looking at June 87? Oh, yeah. Page yep. 57. It's the uh, it's the HK. <laughs> the HK with a blown... Oh, yep. Gary Muttons. Yeah, Gary I know Muttons that you love right. this car. Oh, I fucking do love that car. It's an HK Premier with an HG front, like a single headlight front. It's kind of an unusual combination, but looks really good together. Everything about this car is right. 
the color-coded bumper bars put that in your that means it's uh you and i own this car so with the color-coded bumpers it's got the big blow what's that um what's the scoop on top of the supercharge core like a bds bds yeah. scoop yeah you're like a street scoop but taller yeah, yeah. Have a look at it's got a SAS steering wheel as well, I think, hasn't it? <laughs> yeah, it looks like it, yeah. <laughs> and who you know, everybody that's ever owned I'm gonna put it out there, everybody that's ever owned a one eight six has had a SAS steering wheel. <laughs> if not, you fucking should have a good look at yourself. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> There's also a Volkswagen, man. What's the Volkswagen and it's in um December eighty seven? Page yep. one four eight. Here we are complaining about fucking page numbers. I've just realised that eighty seven doesn't have many page numbers either. God damn it! Yeah, back then there were things were a lot harder. Eh? We're just getting over the drought. We couldn't afford, you know, every page to have numbers. <laughs> have a look at that Beetle Man with the yellow. Uh, I think it's a sunburst job through to purple. Mate, how cool does that look? Oh fuck, man! I you know what? I've always said I want a, a Volkswagen Beetle as a club car, and that's what I want. I want you done a flame job on your sisters. Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah, I yeah. want a flame job, man. Th that'll do me forever. I don't. I don't need any other car except maybe you know Disturbia, but that'll do me <laughs> seriously, man. That is such a good looking car, eh? And it um, is. It is. Was it last month or the month before? There was actually a Volkswagen. I, I put the challenge out there. Uh, come on, straight machine. Where's a Volkswagen? I think last month or the month before there was actually a Volkswagen in there, wasn't there? A Beetle. <laughs> well, you said that Broads does listen to us intently to make sure he gets good <laughs> ideas and what to put in the magazine. Hey, I sent Broads a fat of my cock. I don't think he's talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> Just send my hey. back, Andrew. Is it that hard? <laughs> <laughs> Hey, just while you're talking about Volkswagen, if you go to, across to the other page, there's that blue one with the silver, grey, and pink graphics. Yep. yep. That is actually my favourite Volkswagen of all time. It is, uh, except for 53. I fucking love it. Yep. <laughs> I remember in 87, I actually cut that picture out. It was on the front of my school diary for 87. I fucking love that car. Something about it. Just, it's perfection. Hey, have the a look. The Y5s and chrome. I love it. Have a look behind the bumper bar. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Bit of 80s muff. And I actually had that photo on the far left. See, you got the chicks in the bikinis? Yep. This is back in the day before a lot of yeah, bolt-ons. I've actually had that photo as well in my school diary, the little one. Yeah, so there you go. Uh, no wonder you're always on fucking detention. You're <laughs> trying to concentrate. <laughs> tell me um, tell me what, what are some of the cars that you like. Obviously, there's one to go, and I'll, I'll mention later, but tell me what cars you like. All right, mate. Because I've got, uh, as well, you know probably better than anyone, I've got like... What do you call that when everything just has to be in order? Like Erect obsessive compulsive. Erectile dysfunction? <laughs> well, that too. But <laughs> the thing I've got happening is I've done it in a little bit of order. I just want to go back to January, February 87, and that cover car, it's Frank Kovacevic's XC Coupe with the blonde 351. Yep. Now, that car, and I'm not bullshitting you, when I actually started looking at these magazines again, uh, when we were doing episode early 30s when we did the June 87. It's only then that I realised this car was actually black. I always thought it was dark blue. I don't know yeah, why. Yeah. But I've only just realised after, what, 30-something years that the car's actually black. So that was something new. You learn something new every day. Another great thing in that magazine, you've got the 5 buck streeter, that HK Monaro that was built by Chick Henry yeah. in Yellow Terror. 308 powered, yellow with the graphics, and a dragway indies and tramp rods. Like, fuck, that's what a cool combination. I wonder if that car survives. I hope that car survives kind of in that condition. Another great car from that era was the HG Ute of Steve Hodges, Holland Class. Yeah, yep, absolutely, Which, yep. I love In you. this, guys, yep. oh, yeah, and I'll just dig up the page for you, if you want to have a gander. Holland Class, page 50. This was its 80s, guys, of course, seeing it was 1987. It had 12 slots on it, lots of chrome and all the rest of it. Now, Steve went on to rebuild this year later on. And I always remember reading the story. He said, oh, he goes, he did it very pro street. It was all brushed only aluminium and, you know, there was no chrome pretty much. He said, here I was sandblasting off hundreds of dollars worth of chrome for when I built the car in the 80s when he did the new guys. Just always thought it was good. Another great thing about this era of issues was the goodies ads. I always poured over them, you know, for car parts and yep. goodies. The How to Paint Guide was cool, having that sort of stuff, the bit hands-on, which I see is coming back to the magazine, which is fantastic. And I can't go past January, February 87 without mentioning Brad Twyman's 240Z, the blue 240Z. I think this one top paint maybe at a Street Machine Nationals, or one something at a Street Machine Nationals, because he painted with an eager beaver. This is where the whole idea of painting with eager beaver came from. If you read the story, he mentions that he paints it, puts heaps of paint on, it would rub out the peel before he actually buffed it. It's exactly what I remembered, and that's how I started doing my painting. I put on heaps, rub it out, 
and cut the paint back as well, and then I'd polish it and it look really good. So, <laughs> you're and the paint too. <laughs> no, um, I definitely, I definitely love these. The, the guys have done it all themselves, man. It's, it's you're a painter. Uh, Chris Coit is a painter. You guys don't work in the trade. My friend Lee Reed, my great friend Lee Reed, yeah. he was a, he was a painter. He he done his apprenticeship in Orange, and he, he was a painter. And you know what? He yeah. done two or three years, and he got out of it. He goes, you know what? I hate putting doors on back then. I hate putting doors on Camrys for two thousand bucks. So he went, and he, he now drives machinery. He has for years, but yeah, he's describing it. You know what? I'll build one or two cars a year at home, and I'll do it all myself. And that's how I love painting. I don't need to paint for a living. I don't need to, to have it in front of me. But yeah, it's, painting's a good thing, man. I've never been able to do it. I'm the world shittest. You've seen, you've seen me try to paint the stripes on my U. <laughs> Use the wrong fucking hey, paint. Hammer tone, look, it might become something that becomes popular. You might be a trendsetter. I think it's going to come back. I think you're right. Absolutely. You're, <laughs> look, you're... I've never painted any two-pack, like, ever. So I don't know how I'd go with that. But uh, my neighbour has, so maybe I'll go and hassle him to do some for me. But, yeah, I don't know. I always got scared about dying because of the fumes. But, yeah. Hey, you were talking about March 87 with King Henry, that XF yep. or XF fronted Falcon. Another awesome car from that was Jeff Jennings' black HQ sedan. You know, it had the Trans Am front and the widened uh, chrome GDS wheels. Yep, I'm just trying to find it. What page do you reckon, mate? What's it called? Moonshine title. And this is another thing that I love of the magazine. Listen to the name of the cars. Moonshine, Title Fight, Bird of Prey, Tailor Made, Backstreet Boogie. Mad Dogs and Englishmen, and we've spoken about this before. I love how the the magazine actually gives the cars. Uh, Rex Webster's FJ was called Immaculate Conception back in the day, wasn't it? Yeah, that's right. And one of my favorite. Well, what did you call that van feature that you wrote? Remember about the three vans? Oh, Vanage Trois. <laughs> that's going to be one of my all-time favorites. <laughs> Because <laughs> I love threesomes. I'm, I'm, a I'm a tiny man in a lot of ways. <laughs> it's a black HQ. You'll know it when you see it. No, that's yeah. That's a phase three wagon. Big hello to our mate, unfinished. Oh, here we are. Page ninety-one. Blackout. Oh yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Go I got Flare you. guards. Screens yep. in front. Blowing small block. Roll cage. How's the photo on page 92, halfway down, where he's actually cruising it on the street? It looks like, I don't know where it is, it's next to some friggin' lake somewhere. How cool does that look? Man, I absolutely miss Chrome. Chrome is one of the greatest things that... Hot Rod guys done it back in, you know, the 60s, back in um, LA, uh, America, California, back... I miss Chrome. I think it's the most underrated thing in streetcars, really. I honestly do. Yeah, yeah. April, May... That, fuck, that issue was another cracker. This is in my top three of all-time Street Machine favourite magazines. Pumping Iron, Greg Carlson's Blowing Silly. Ute, the revamp. Yep. When he went to World Wheels after had the dragways, etc. How's this for a great car as well? Gold Dust, Adrian Mrs. XB with the quad Webbers and the Chrome GT5 slots. Talking about Chrome wheels, like this is another fucking great car. Yeah, it's Gold Dust on page 32. That is a sexy looking car, seriously. Any 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 form, any genre, any time right there, that is a sexy looking car. Oh, beautiful car. And again, like all these cars, if you know anywhere about of any of these cars, please let us know. It's, it's super cool. I also love Les Binkhorst Charger with a 440 big block. That was a yellow car. And also in this magazine, they featured Pete Smith's VC Val with a blonde V6 Chev. That was a really a quick runner at Willowbank back in the day. Actually rolled and crashed and rode it off a few years after this issue. So that was another different car that I thought was always really cool. So yeah, that is a sex looking car. Absolutely, oh, yeah. So I'm just time. I'm just stunned at the moment. I'm I'm back on page ninety two of, of March. Oh that uh, HQ, it's got what's some things along the bottom that the BNS Utes all had across the bottom of the sill? Stoneflectors? Yeah. Stoneflectors? Imagine trying to do that this day. You'd be like, oh, that's not genuine. Yeah, who gives a fuck? Suck my dick. <laughs> <laughs> it's a cool car. No question. I'll tell you another cool car. Have a look at September 87. Blow 351 Mark Delacquis's supercharged XT. Yep, yep. Man, yeah. the tinted windows has got the, uh, are they 352? Oh, no, they're TA's. got the BFTA's on it. Just... That's period correct. That is perfect, man. That car today is fucking awesome. Oh, that's right. This was so tough back in the day. Of course, Mark went on to build the gold XTGT that was featured in Home and Away. And he also built the V8-powered Escorts, the DMT351s, the Escort burnout cars he had. And if you look down on the page 21, bottom right, 
You can see the top shot looking down onto the bonnet and the uh, velocity stacks. Oh, yeah, man, forget it. But the thing is, in 87, we're still, there's still a lot of hot six cylinders around. You know, um, 186, mm. 202s, 250 crossflows, they were still hot, so to have a supercharged 351, he's a big dog, man. Oh, big time. And that photo down page for anyone, that actually went on to become the cover of the very best of street machine for that year. Yeah, that's right. It did too. As well, if it looks familiar. Oh, have a yeah. look. Have a look on page 20 at the interior shot. That is more important than a fucking... Oh, he hasn't got the sticker in the right spot. He hasn't got new old stock parts. The interior with the gauges and the tackle and everything and the steering wheel and the shifter, that looks better to me than any of this. Oh, you know, the sticker's not in the right spot. Hasn't got the GTHO thing on the dash. That is cool, eh? Yeah, I agree. Super tough car. And just, again, a car that's got presence and we remembered forever. Look... I couldn't go past September 87 without mentioning Lemon Flash. That's the uh, ex-Andrew Holdsworth XR Falcon. It's on page 34. Oh, yeah? Yep, yeah, right. Fuck, there were a lot of feature cars back then, wasn't there? Oh, no. oh yeah. That, yeah. That, hasn't that guy rebuilt that recently or something? No, no. I did a feature story on him, a legend story. This is actually after he sold the car. It was owned by the Vicinich brothers, and it had changed a little bit from when Andrew owned it. It didn't have auto drags on it. It had the uh, armor lights. And the front had been raised up and a few other little changes. But, mate, this to me is the epitome of 1980s street machining. I yep. fucking have always loved this car. Again, it's another car that's just disappeared off the face of the earth. And uh, <laughs> another actual legendary car, which I believe is still around, is Andy Fennick's Chopped EK, the red one with the letterbox scoop and the auto drags. Yep. If you go to page 144, there's a photo of it in front of the plane there. Uppercut. Yep. That's still around, that car that still survives. That was uh, chopped by uh, Johnny Z's back in the day. He also had a chopped EK ute and a chopped top XT Falcon sedan that used to be in company with this a fair bit. <laughs> Have a look at that fucking plane, Simon. It looks like I've owned the fucking thing. <laughs> Have a look at it. <laughs> that is the plane that Winston buys when we ask him for a fucking check. Have a look how fucked it is. Seriously. It is. That must be a wreck, eh? It's got to be. It's got to be. Or either that or Casa are going to be really busy soon, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and lastly for me, I wanted to mention the corporate body XF Ute. Oh, That's on too. page. Yep. Uh, it's around 132. Yep. I'll just confirm or yep. deny that again. Because yeah, I've got the yep. fucking page Man, numbers. Man, that yep. is fucking beautiful. That actually it is. is almost my favourite car, man, in the made. That is such an... I love XFs. Yep, it's got that HO to go front yep. kit on it by the looks of it. And yep. I just think that's a fantastic car. So, yeah. No, that was another great issue, September 87. So, loved it. July, August... I know you love Methanol Madness. Yes. 88 Nats XD Falcon on the front. So I'm going to quickly sneak in a couple of cars so you can focus on that. 87 July August, Summonats 1 was announced. So that's the whole start of the Summonats thing happened from this issue. And we've spoken of Graham Doc Doherty's XY Ute that was featured that issue, which featured the Bond 351 with most of it stuffed under a shaker. Yes. Yeah, page 58 it is. Yep, I've got it. I love the Fairlane front. And I love the gold auto drags. Great car. That's a very, very sexy car. And like I say, everything under the bonnet. Um, so Frank Marchese, all them guys these days that are doing their 2,000 horsepower fucking cars <laughs> with everything under the bonnet. Yep, we've, we've done it before. Another thing I really like was there's a very early incarnation of Bam Bam's HQ in this issue. It features XD headlamps, strikers, and the letterbox on the bottom as well. There's a Best from the West feature in the issue, and uh, you'll see it in there, and you'll think, it'll look different, but then it'll look kind of... G'day from WA, page 80. It'll look familiar too. Yeah, right, eh? Wow, well spotted. Small beginnings, hey, for that car, yeah. considering what it ended up with, with the WB front, blown 350, chop top, all that stuff. So Is he still uh, active in the in the car scene? Yeah, yeah, I think he's got a 57 Chev and maybe a hot rod these days, Bam yeah, Bam. Right, eh? Yeah, so... um. And last but not least, in this car, I still actually have seen around Queensland the last, it would be in the last five years, so it's still owned and still looks the same, was the black and white XA hardtop of Greg State Miller. Yep. Page 118, White Knight. Love that car. Very yeah, cool. that is a very, very tough looking car, actually. Yeah, big time. That front shot on the top of page 120, front three-quarter view. Super tough. And, of course, we'll post photos of all these cars up onto our Thong Slappers Instagram page at the Thong Slappers That's a tough as well. shot any day of the week, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, no question. There's a Moot Rocket in here. June 87, we've got a Moot Rocket. Oh, is that the green LC run owned by, I know he's Max Woods on our Instagram. Ross Woods. Ross Woods. That's him, Ross. That's Ross, it. Yeah. That is iconic 80s street machining as well, isn't I it? I love everything about it. Have a look at the photo on page 35. Everything works. It's just... 
It's got the polished wheels, the Real yep. Men Smoke Eagers. It's got the Street Machine fucking sticker on the on the windscreen. Centerpiece aerial, roll cage, bonnet scoop. Fuck, I'm getting excited, Simon. This this is a really, really awesome little car, man. It's, it's oh, yeah. color-coded door handles, color-coded bumper bars. Again, this is a this is what Dong Stappers is. It's a fucking time stamp. And have a look in the dash. It's got the uh, Formula 2000 steering wheel with Rat Attack written on the dash. Man, that's a great car. Yep. I would love yep. that car. Me and that car, we could get along on Bell's Line of Road any day of the week, man. I'll punch <laughs> that thing so hard. <laughs> that thing would punch harder than a drunken truck driver. <laughs> It's got the, what do you call it, the graphics down the side. That's a, yep. and the, the yep. what's the thing on the rear windscreen called? Oh, the louver, like it's the, the it's louver, like an yeah. orange louver. Yep, yeah. It does tick all the boxes, that thing. And the fact it was a six-cylinder with a Chev badge and a letterbox, no one gave a fuck because it was such a cool car. Do what you want. Just, you know what? Fuck yep. it. There are no rules, mate. You do what you want. And yep. I always, yep. yeah, whatever. Just do what the fuck you want. There's also <laughs> a nice car on page 46 of December 87. Is that the Ute? Yes. Or is that the Porsche? Oh, no. yeah. Okay, go yep. for it. Yep. And how cool is that thing? It's got 12 slotters, got a shaker, LTD front end. It's got the big uh, ring on the wheel. Oh. <laughs> big wing on the rear. That's that's perfect, man. So with, I've always said with these Falcons, with Commodores, you can always do all this LTD, Statesman, Club Sport front end. You can always do it all, man. It's almost yeah. throwaway prices, eh? That, I really like this car. It's got the shaker as well, man. Give me a shaker. <laughs> It's just right for the pickings, that sort of stuff, isn't it? Yeah, and I like that colour red as well, even though it's a Holden colour red. It's got a tow bar as well, man. How cool is that? <laughs> <laughs> it is cool. Hey, probably my favourite from December 87 was Ian Stillman's ute on page 38, the Humpy. Yeah. This ute, HQ Statesman front grills in it, the HQ wagon type rear lights, Indies low, chop top, HQ door handles. V8. It actually later sported a tunnel ram in it as well, yeah, right. and it was repainted like a gum metal grey with graphics. But something about this car is just yes, yeah, always yeah, been something I like. He originally did it with a normal HQ sedan, like a plain type grill, but then went the Statesman. So I don't know. I think it's just a fantastic combination, and again, a really iconic car. And I believe he still owns it today. So yeah, very tough. I really like the um, German Shepherd in the t- in the back of the Ute as well. <laughs> what yeah, do you call What do you call a black person that was born in Germany? I don't know. A German. Oh, fair enough. You always ask me questions and I never know the answers. I'm like, <laughs> oh my god, I feel like the dumbest clap clap. You ask me questions I'm like, oh, I, I don't I've, know. I've been asking that question with a bit of the stuff that goes on around racism, and whatever. I've been asking that question a bit lately. What do you call you know a black person born in Italy? And they're like, I don't know. An Italian, you fucking idiot. It's like the thing where people, you say to people, do you know people who live in Tawong can't be buried in the Tawong Cemetery? And like, why? That seems ridiculous. Because they're still alive. Yeah. <laughs> That's, if, so if a plane crashes on the border of France and Italy, where do they bury the survivors? <laughs> Wherever they go home. No, you don't bury survivors. Oh, the survivors. <laughs> yeah, right. See, see look, listen, I never said I wasn't dumb, and I never said, look, dumb shit, holy fuck. Probably the dumbest thing I've done recently was wear a red polo shirt and blue denim shorts to Bunnings. <laughs> Fuck me, don't ever do that. I'd every been... fucking cunt coming up to me asking if I knew where the friggin' weed mat was <laughs> or the electrical fittings and could I help them find a pot plant? <laughs> Fuck, mate, don't ever do that. I'm telling you. Oh, you're a fashion misfit. What, um, oh. what else? What else have we got in here? I've, um, wow, that's a nice car. Anyway, man, that yep, Corvette's but, really nice on um, page 60 of September oh, yeah. 87. Fuck, that's a nice car, eh? Oh, yeah. Big Super supercharger. Tough. Do you remember Rick Dobberton's wild Pontiac J3000, or J2000 Pro Streeter? It was a it was brought out here for summer naps. Probably yes, the yes, the yeah, yellow one, yellow. Yeah, 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 yeah I do, Fuck, I do. That thing was incredible. Yeah, I do absolutely remember it for sure. Yeah, that was a super tough car, and yeah, I don't know, it's just that whole era. I mean, you had Dave Johnson's Jigsaw, that's that white FJ in October, November 87. That was full crazy, custom one. Yeah, that was yeah, absolutely cops a lot crazy. of flack these days, but fuck, mate, that was just a groundbreaker back then. Another favourite of mine in actually October, November 87, while we're talking about it, was Bob Grambo's Black E8 with a massive dragways and the Tunnel Ram small block Chev. was absolutely a wicked. Um, just something on a side note. I'd done a moot rocket with Telfo the other day, and he, oh, yeah? Yeah. He, he mentioned something that I thought was really worth repeating. 
so I'm going to repeat yeah. it. In the 50s and 60s, there was a group of Australian guys that were doing really good custom stuff. Oh, but, fuck yeah. But, yeah. but nobody had a camera, and there was no Australian car magazine. And I, I personally say the panel van guys started this shit. But before them, there was a, a group of other guys that were, that, were, that were doing this stuff, but there's not much written or talked about them, eh? Uh, yeah, Paul Kelly that's fine. true. That's true. Look, if you pick up a 60s hot rodding re- review or Australian hot rod, you've got lots of custom humpies, you've got lots of custom cars, but all the photos are black and white. Like, it's not until you see a rare photo or something in colour you can actually take the whole thing in or what was on the covers. You know, the covers were colour, of course, but, yeah, there was a whole other world, wasn't there, of just yeah. cool shit like that. Yeah, you spot on. It, it changed uh, the way that I see things. But um, on <laughs> September 87... Open yeah. it and what's the first fucking car you see? Open that magazine and tell me the first car you see. <laughs> <laughs> is that an Astra, like a sports girl? Uh, oh, no, it's a formula. It is a formula. <laughs> <laughs> Piece of sh- Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I love that family jewel, Bob Grambo E8. That was in uh, October, November 87. But I'm going to wait on this one. I want you to tell me your thoughts on July 87 cover, 88 Nats. Mark Scaravese's XD. Oh, yeah, that, that, that XD's done. That, that is one of my favourite all-time cars. He had a rough time about it, but you know what? I've said this before. Who amongst us hasn't had a rough time with a car? Every single one. Exactly. Of you, you built something that didn't work. You spent too much money. You got a paint job that was shit. You got a fucking engine that blew up. You got a fucking ex-wife took it. <laughs> Whatever. Who, but, you know, <laughs> who are, so the, the, the um, legacy of this car is maybe it didn't do what it was meant to do. But fuck it, man, he had, yeah. a shot. He, he had a go, you know what? Yeah, so, yeah, that's exactly right. He's going to get, exactly right. didn't I, wasn't there a um, Where Are They Now article somewhere? Uh, I don't think one's been done on him. I think people have been talking about that car a lot lately, like it's come up in conversation a fair yeah. bit, so. XD, XEXF, I love them. So, and that thing was a perfect car. Isn't that a phosphate green? I think it might be, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it suited it too, it just oh. makes it look super tough. And everything, yeah. and it was just a, a crazy car at the time. And he, he put his cash into it, and whatever, he didn't get the result. I know the feeling, brother. I know the feeling. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing I noticed all these '87 issues with the amount of American cars that got featured, as in cars that were in America hadn't got built. Like a lot of Pro Street stuff was being featured as well. So yeah, they you know had American contacts sending in stories. And that was something I noticed a lot of then that you don't see so much of since the 80s as well. I wonder what that looked like back in the 80s. I wonder, so you're, you know, Troy Main Prize or you want, no, what's the guy's name? Trepania. Trepania. So you're yeah. Troy Trepania in the States or whatever. You have to take photos of your car. You have to write an article and put in the mail to Street Machine. What's it, what's it even look like? <laughs> Seriously? Yeah. It no was email? a long drawn out process. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy, isn't it? It is. Just, I, like mailing away for stickers or shirts and stuff like that it used to fucking take forever I have to send the money wait for the check to clear then get the thing to come back so yeah. I, do, I do love on the magazine on the on the uh, cover when you look at all the covers from 87 I do look how the street in street machine something that I never fucking quit back I never quit talking about I love it have a look how the chrome looks against the uh, red street I mean it's such yeah. a good look. It is really. It's such a good looking magazine, it is. isn't it? It is, and it's perfect for that era as well. I think too. So, and with, no, it definitely looks the part. Without fail, every single one of them has got the old lung busters on the back, which That's is it. which is great if you really want emphysema at fifty bucks a fucking throw. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't? Especially these days. Uh. Who doesn't? <laughs> Okay, Red, so rounding at episode 50 of the Thong Cypress podcast, the big news is that this is actually our last episode, mate. And we aren't doing an April Fool's joke, are we? <laughs> I'd be just like me to do it six months later anyway, but um, <laughs> yeah, no, we're, we're going to uh, hang up the microphone. That's it. And the Instagram, and I don't know, I guess your hands will be free to do other things now. I'm going to write a book. Now we've got... Um, <laughs> you should, mate. I'm going to. Seriously. I am. I'm going to put my effort into... I've got this program now. I've got all the stories. I've just got to work out how to put it together. And um, now we, we, you and I always have a bit of a chat about which direction we want to go with the podcast. Like when we've done uh, the mud or we do the uh, Bible studies or whatever. And we did kind of mention it a little while before. Like, well, do we, do we consider it like a, you know, it's a body of work and just finish it? We've got good numbers. We've got good followers. We've got everything. So I think now is the perfect time 
for us to I think so too. Pack it all yeah. up, bag, and it's, it's all there. It'll all still be on iTunes. Instagram will be there. I won't be pasting after next week. Yeah, me either on there. Look, if anyone is interested in like the honey project of Lucy's or the clusterfuck that my Valiant Hardtop's becoming, I still will post that shit on my at Simo Disturbia Instagram page. And of course, I've got that van page at Australian Panel Van Simo. But apart from that, yeah, TCS wise, it won't be going on. But look, you know, it's like people say you're best to retire after winning the grand final and i know it's a bit of a stress to say that but look i know that you probably shouldn't take my advice or anything i mean fuck me on the weekend i tried to show my nephews how to pop a popper and just about dislocated my knee <laughs> but fuck it was loud you should have heard it i even you know where you you know when you like you pull the ears of the tetra pack out so yep. it goes oh fuck fuck it was loud. but anyway sorry getting off track as we do you know cutting a short story long here yeah, listen, I just want to say, look, I know on behalf of you, if you don't mind me speaking on behalf of you too, Red, and you can jump in with anything you want, I just really want to thank everyone who's, you know, followed us. And I've got to say, like, I've genuinely made, and I know you have too, Red, like, we've genuinely made friendships from doing this show, like, so many new people we've met, and I think those friendships too will stand the test of time so just a massive thank you to everyone for their support over the last few years and um listening to the show commenting on instagram and just sending us cool shit and also getting on board with like the fundraising with brett abraham and all that it's it's been pretty overwhelming i've got to say i never in a million years expected the thong slappers to go kind of where it has like would you be the same when we first were talking about this yeah i i think the most important thing we've done and this is not patting ourselves on the back but we've never done bad content we've done our own content we've done all our own stuff so I'm happy to walk away from it having known that, that we done, you know, you done all the electronic stuff in, in the early days, figured it all out. And as far as I'm concerned, there's not a, not a bad episode. There's some that are stronger than others, but I'm very happy with how it all went content-wise. I'd like to thank you too. And, and Jackie, but she helped us in the start too, remember? She did, definitely. And yeah, my sister Jackie, she's pretty amazing with anything technological. And I've got to say, even when you read, fuck man, by the end of it, you went from like, not knowing where to put the 20 cents into your iPhone to fucking recording and doing editing and stuff and helping out with that side. So I think for both of us, it's been a great experience. And if anything, it's just made our friendship stronger anyway, and I'm still going to annoy the fuck out of you when I come to Townsville. So don't think you get off that easy. Well, you know, we'll be I'll be locking up my Toblerones. But yeah, funny thing is, a lot of, <laughs> a lot of the content from the thong slappers, you and I have done it for years, and, and we'll do it personally. Anyway, like when you see a nice car, or hey, have a look at this for a photo, or... Just yeah, the, just the way that that we act with each other, anybody anyway, was was always fairly similar to and genuine to the way the podcast goes. So it's yeah, it's sure, been an absolute ball, man, and a pleasure, big time, big time. And I've got to say something you said to me earlier, which really is ringing true, is that anyone who's listened to the podcast will never read Street Machine magazine the same way again. You know, you were saying they'll be flicking through it, going, "Oh fuck, there's my Action Jackson," or "Look at that, look at that clap clap, he's on the bindies," or. You know what I mean? That's it probably the be most... The same. And it'll be the same with me. I'll be exactly the same. I reckon that is the most common comment we've got about thong slappers is the actual street machine stuff. People reading the magazine again. People saying, it's really, you have to read every page. You have to look for every little thing and hidden gem and, you know. Page, yeah. Page 69, for instance, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and the big thing is, too, like, uh, probably some of the best messages we get besides the bloke who sends us photos of his missus nude, was people saying, look, you guys inspired me to get my car going or to get on with my build. And, and it's just, it's kind of makes you speechless, hey? Very humbling, that sort of stuff. I, so, I think I have got the unbroken record at Thong Slappers for having never completed any domestic bliss. <laughs> 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 having not touched any of my cars for the entire time we recorded. Woo! <laughs> good work <laughs> but one thing that you have put front and center and there's a couple of things i just want to quickly talk about mate hashtag more that whole thing is all you that came from you in episode four with mates of original thong slappers you know you said are you a moot and all that moot promotion all the work is purely on your shoulders and it's a credit to you because it's created its own kind of not genre of car fan but it's you know create a really tight bunch of people it's almost like you know, if someone says, oh, you're a mutt, they're not, they know you're not going to be offended. They know they're not, you know, you're not calling them a, a cunt. 
it's sort of one of those things where it's just created a nice a nice little entity of people or a group of people who are very like-minded and, and think along similar lines with everything, with cars and pretty much what we're all about, which is pretty cool. Well, it's, so. it's quite often on my mind, Mort and Clap Clap, <laughs> I think about it, the older I get, the worse <laughs> I'm getting. <laughs> but look, okay, Clap Clap, the perfect example. Do you remember how Clap Clap came about? Absolutely. Fuck, that was just, I think it was, I don't know, we decided from the start that we wouldn't say as much as possible. And, you know, I try to make it a little bit not so rude, but it is rude, but it doesn't really matter. So we decided, oh, look, we'll just beat that out. If we do say it, if it slips in conversation, we'll beat that out. And I remember, I think probably episode one or two, I couldn't work out how to do that beep sound. I couldn't work out where to get one from or how to download it or how to put it actually into the podcast. So I said to you, listen, I've just got this clap clap. It's a clap clap you hear in the opening titles where I literally got a pair of thongs and clapped them together into the microphone to make that sound and i said to you oh man look i'm just going to use that clap clap sound instead like you happy with that you're like oh yeah yeah whatever like if it works it works and the rest is history and (laughs) it's really cool when people say to me oh i love clap clap because i could say but i just say clap clap in front of my wife and my kids exactly i get to say what i'm meaning but i'm not being rude or disrespectful in front of women and children so (laughs) i think that's a really cool thing and and, uh, i think that'll keep going i know i say it all the time and some people say what the fuck are you talking about i'm like listen trust me it's better than me saying the real word what's more it's better than me telling you exactly how you're acting (laughs) (laughs) that's right hey one thing i've always wanted to ask you now remember we've done a hundred episodes if you include the to the 60s and what rockets and all that is your favorite band simply red Like, is that something you go for as far as just, you know, a bit of self-idolisation or anything like that? Uh, More along, I think my my favourite musician's got to be Redmond Simon. Oh, or Redgum. I I, I stole my pen name off him. I told you I wrote that article (laughs) in a magazine, but I know you've been shamed a few people, industry magazine too. I get to work and it's up on the wall. Somebody's cut up and it's up on the wall. I'm like, oh, fuck. That's when I thought, oh, I better get a pen name. They'll never guess who Redmond is if they can't figure out who Red is. <laughs> what well, wasn't my greatest moment? Yeah, I, I, I wrote it. I'll send you the article. I wrote it, and I wrote it one lunchtime at work, and I emailed it straight to an, an industry magazine. And the magazine comes yeah. out all through uh, where I work. Yeah. It's from yeah. Uh, Rocky. And then we came in the next week, somebody had cut it out and stuck it on the wall in the pre-start room, and it wasn't very flattering toward the person I was accusing of not being very nice. It was actually, <laughs> honestly, the project manager. <laughs> for nice. fuck's sake, I don't know how I do it. Go straight to the top, mate. Yeah, good yeah. work. Hey, any in the plans place. for the immediate future? No, no, have a crack at this book. I'm serious. I've got, I've got all the stories. I've got this program on how to do it. I've got a, my sister on board to help me with some editing. Uh, Sweet. That's about it for me. I, it'll probably be like my Commodore. <laughs> <laughs> what, all lies? Uh, oh, yeah, the only thing is I like, I like riding more than working on cars. So that's what I'm going to... What about you, Simon? What do you got coming up? Oh, mate, just look, just the usual work, sleep, work, sleep, right? Plus trying to get cars finished, trying to get elf out of Lucy's bad side and try and get honey done eventually. But of course, got to finish my hard top first. Apart from that, I'll just be doing my normal dumb brain stuff. I'll be wondering what the difference is between Jats and Savoy biscuits. If anyone knows, if you can let me know, it's fucking been fucking my head up. You know, you go in the shops and the boxes look exactly the same. And apart from that, mate, I'll just be wondering if I can invent that chewable spew that I was <laughs> always you know dreaming of where if you do a spew after you get pissed you can eat it to rehydrate and sustain yourself you know what i mean like if you could eat no like, i have no idea no idea what you, you mean like, if you could eat like a flavor sachet like say you're going out for a big night mm. you get a cup of whatever with some powder in it it might be t-bone steak and gravy powder you you drink that powder and if you have a few too many drinks in your spew you'll actually spew up a ready-made meal so then you can re-eat that meal like a toad and you can, yeah, sustain oh, and hydrate yeah. yourself again. I think you should go on the shark tank with that one. That's going to make money right there. <laughs> <laughs> You're going straight to the shark tank. One million dollar check. Who'd have to do the research, man? Oh. oh, I tell you. Apart from that, look, I'm probably just going to spend the rest of the afternoon today at least anyway. I'll just be thinking about those boobies jiggling in the Miami Vice. Mm. You know, the opener we used on the episode today. There's the boobies jiggle with the tom drum. It's my favourite scene of that entire mm. film clip. So, mate, that pretty much will be me. I'm sure you guys uh, will keep up your support as I will for Brett Abraham at Car 35 New South Wales Ride Definitely. Bash Car. 
Uh, you guys yep. check out Plankman Racing. There's some good guys. Uh, Dave Green. Oh, man, I'm not going to yep. be able to name who have been good to us. But a lot of people have been very yeah. good to us. Bruce Howie. Yeah, definitely. Man, he's a funny clap clap. Some of the stuff he came out with in his Rocket episode he did with you, the interview, <laughs> fuck, he made me laugh. <laughs> <Hey>. and, uh... <laughs> I don't know if I can say it, so I won't. But the amount, I, I told you the amount, them stickers made for the New South Wales Variety Bash. Oh, yeah. Incredible. stickers. Yeah. yeah. In, yeah. It, it absolute, was. All you guys out there should congratulate yourself. That was, I'll hit you know, it's up to him, so I don't know how it all works, but it's 10 times what I thought it would have made. Honestly, that much more. <laughs> <laughs> People loving them more. Yeah. No, that's exactly right. Hey, listen, I don't know about you, but I wouldn't mind rounding out this story just with one last UC Tirana story. Yes. This episode. <laughs> we started Is that going to be okay? One. Yeah, so we started with one. We'll finish with one. <laughs> Okay, on the weekend, I was talking to my best mate, Paul, Paul Harris. He's got a really tough HG Monaro these days. Many years ago, he had a red and white HK sedan. Really tough car, but a really humble guy. Just likes his shit, doesn't get involved in any of the politics. We were talking on the weekend. He had he had a UC Tirana. It was a 202 automatic. It had some sort of weird mags on it, a slide back sunroof. It was the perfect car for us when we were 18, around, you know, the probably 89, 90 mark. We were talking on the weekend, and he reminded me of a story about the time that we were driving this Tirana coming back from Sanford. We pull up at the Fernigrove Tavern Lights, and there's a right turn lane next to us, which was controlled by an arrow. As we're sitting there, we're just in the Tirana, just probably, you know, having a chin wag or whatever. We can hear this knock, 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 this knocking noise getting louder and louder, right, like an engine knock. I looked over, I was in the front passenger seat, I sort of looked over my right shoulder, and here's this XA Falcon coming up. And it was just an old dude in his bog stock XA, sun visor, two-tone paint, just your normal 1990 condition XA Falcon. And it's going, knock, 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 knock. Paul looks at me and says, oh, the poor cunt. And the light turns green, the green arrow, not our light, we were still at red. The XA drives off. But the fucking knocking noise is still there. It was actually Paul's engine. (laughs) 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 And he goes, I think I'm the poor car. So anyway, ended up being, it had one of those, like those plastic oil lines that go to the gauges. And then actually split and like sprayed four litres of engine oil out all over the engine bay. So yeah, that was a funny UC story. (laughs) Just, I'll never forget the look at his face. I wish I had a video just about this old dude and it was actually him. So there you go. Good work, Paul. That's uh, Paul who owes me a carton, isn't it? He does owe you a carton, actually. Let's make sure we get on to him about that. He's uh, not far from Townsville at the moment. I'm going to tell him to drop right. in. I'm, I'm on my way. <laughs> hey, seriously, he's in Cairns at the moment, uh, heading south. So I'm going to fucking get on to him and tell him that he needs to call you and drop a carton in. I sent you the video and the description of last night. The last thing I need is a carton. <laughs> I think you need some Vaseline intensive care. It was the night of a thousand sit-ups. Fuck, my stomach is so sore. <laughs> <laughs> Just look, very warily use soap down in, in your nether regions, okay? Oh, man, even water hurts it. <laughs> little red mushroom. <laughs> yeah. Red, so is there any song that you'd like to take this particular episode out with? Will, you know, any uh, suggestions? Honestly. Fucking my mind's blank. I think I've peaked with Will my you device. sing Ebony and Ivory with me? Just to go out. Paul McCartney, every and ivory. Will you sing it with me? All right, mate, you get it started. Ebony and, and ivory. ivory. Go to the This song's going to number one. Side by side. Oh, my, my piano. Keyboard. Oh, no. Why don't we? Do, do, do. Come on, people. We all know that clap, clap, song wherever you go. <laughs> there is good and bad, except in Redmond. <laughs> <laughs> all right, mate. It's always a fucking pleasure. I'll chat to you off air, no doubt soon anyway. So thanks, everyone, again. And, yeah, take care. We hope everyone's doing all right. And uh, we look forward to bumping into you hopefully somewhere soon. Yep, take care, everyone, and keep smiling. And bye for now. <laughs> Nicely done. See ya. This is done, man. Cleans them down to the shot.